This week, the Wisconsin said be on Friday night, but a win is a win. Friday, the Argos are in Saskatoon to take on the Green Riders, and what's up with Chris Jones? Crack your beers, it's the Argos FanCast. Joining us, as always, our resident historian from ArgoFans.com. He is the VP of Football Operations, Will Gertler, MBA. Hi, everybody. If you're listening, you can follow me on Twitter at ArgoFans or join up at www.argofans.com. It don't cost nothing. And I am Clay Chisholm. You can find me at All Kinds of Clay. And from the double blue order, Sir Douglas of House Ballantry, second of his name, Lord of Section 160, Warden of the South Side, and Protector of the Realm. You know something? I really wish this week we could have changed my intro music to um, to uh, live it up by mental as anything or everything. <laughs> just just so I could say, hey, Hamilton, how can you see look, looking through all those tears? You can find my group, the Double Blue Order, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Double Blue Order, on Twitter at Double Blue Order, on Instagram at The Double Blue Order. You can find me personally at on Twitter at DougB519. And uh, we got, and we all, and we also have a merch store at doubleblueorder.ca. Go get some stuff. And you can find us at Argos Fancast on Twitter and anywhere you find your friend the neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos Fancast. Well, it wasn't pretty. In parts, it was. In parts, it wasn't. The Argos held on. To beat the Thai Cats, and the only thing that really counts is that W in the win column. They beat the Thai Cats 17 to 16 last Friday at BMO Field. Um, first half looked good, second half not so much. Nick Arbuckle 23 of 37, 236 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. John White, 12 rushes, 84 yards. Uh, Nick Arbuckle had a touchdown on the ground as well. Receiving DJ Foster was a number one guy. He had three receptions for 63 yards and a touchdown. Ricky Collins added eight catches for 60 yards. Eric Rogers for 56. DeVars Daniels, two for 22. And we go on down the line. Um, the Argos did register a couple sacks in this one as well. Sean Oakman uh, getting, I believe, two of them, mm-hmm. uh, which was nice. Uh, nice to see him getting some pressure up there. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was really a tale of two halves, guys. Yes, it was. I felt that the Argos came out, they came out very, very good. You know, Nick Arbuckle was really carrying through that Hamilton defense with, you know, the short to intermediate stuff. Uh, the thing that surprised me actually was how effectively the Argos were able to run the ball with John White. And, uh, you know, as, as you mentioned, you know, the Argos got four or five sacks on the evening. You know, where I think it sort of uh, turned was the Argos were driving downfield for 
what might have been a touchdown that would have put them up 21 to 7 and then unfortunately Nick Arbuckle throws an end zone interception that really wasn't his fault because the ball I think was deflected off a few guys but after that he really did struggle particularly in connecting on that deep ball I think before that interception he was something like 15 to 17 for 159 yards but after that he was only 8 of 20 for uh, I believe 77 yards and, and of course the two interceptions But I guess, you know, the, the, you know, there's stuff to work on, but we won the game. Exactly. And it was a deserved, it was a deserved win too. Whether you win by one point or by 48, winning's winning. It is. The good. The bad. The ugly. Okay. Well, let's, uh. Let's let's start off with the ugly right here, and I'm going to lead us off. Nick Arbuckle cannot throw past thirty or past twenty yards, or he can't complete them. <laughs> well, he, he he can throw them, but he's overthrowing any pretty much anything over that seems over twenty yards. Yeah, and I mean he he did pick up. He wasn't throwing, you know slightly behind his receivers all night, but he could not, I, I don't think he completed one pass where the ball traveled 20 yards past the line of scrimmage. No. And, uh, I think he was trying to hit Chandler worthy several times. That didn't work. Um, just want to see something here. Well, the longest gain was that, you know, that, that DJ Foster touchdown counted as a, as a pass, apparently. So that was 40 yards. But other than that, the longest throw he had was 20 yards. Yeah, but that DJ Foster one was a, was a hit exactly. pass. Oh, exactly. Right? That's what I mean. It was it was a shovel pass, basically. Yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah, I, like, you know, I'm surprised that, you know, it's after three games, teams aren't just clamping down hard on this because you know when you when you realize your quarterback doesn't have a deep game or you know barely an intermediate game you're going to just start rushing like crazy and that's not going to be good so they've got to fix that and fix it quick otherwise these wins are not going to be coming very easily for the Argos. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I mean, Marshall Ferguson has a great or had a great thing. He tweeted out on yesterday and it's essentially, it's essentially, he does this from time to time. His little, uh, tar, his little target charts that he does and in close within 15 yards, a hell of a lot of green. Eh, which is which are completions. He also has yellow for touchdowns, blue for picks, and whatever. A hell of a lot of green, one yellow, one blue, and I think only five, maybe six red. But beyond that, he didn't like whenever he tried to go downfield, it didn't work. Like for whatever yeah. reason, I think I don't know if it's because he overthrew it. I don't know if it's because the receivers were a step or two behind. But it's something that I think they have to fix. One of the, I think one of the throws, I don't remember to whom it was, but 
I did notice a receiver stumble a little bit running this route. And I think on one of the other ones, um, they pointed out, Ben Grant on their podcast pointed out that he may have not had enough time to uh, plant his feet properly to throw that ball. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and, and I understand that. But, I mean, you know, looking at this chart, you know, you know, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, sorry, five, no, yeah, six, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six passes that were thrown beyond 20 yards, two that were just about at 20 yards, and none of them completed, unless you get yeah. the interception. I didn't think it was that much, that many times he had tried to go downfield. Yeah, it, you know, I, he's got the army just right now does not have the accuracy but then you i mean you look at you know under 15 yards and you know marshall ferguson's little chart there and everything is green except for a handful of things but yeah it, well that that one that interception in the end so must have rattled him a little bit because he only scored three points after that i mean he was decent on that uh I guess it's that first drive when he went to go kick a field goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but after that, not all right, guys. What was what was your uglies? Well, that interception, <laughs> the fourth quarter there, that was the ugly. I don't know if he's trying to get out of the bounds, but Jesus, what was he trying to do there? I mean. Well, we I, did, I, I don't. We, we didn't run the ball at all on that drive. Yeah, and think, where was that that I saw? Like I, I, I know coach likes to be uh, bold sometimes. You know, you, know, you, you sometimes okay. You want to you know try that big pass to try to ice the game away, but you know my thoughts are this that. You were facing the Ty Cats third string quarterback at that point. Or I guess he was dressed as the second string, but you know, David Watford hasn't played a whole lot in this league and conservative may have been the way to go there. But instead, you know, you turn the ball over in your territory and thank God for the goalpost. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and you know, with that that one, I think he, I think uh, I read somewhere that in in one of the post game interviews, he did say that the that that pass he was trying to throw it out of bounds, and you know, obviously he, failed. Yeah, and and he's got to make make that throw correctly out of bounds, but yeah, I. Yeah, that's like so literally. That that's I mean that one is all on him. And like he said it himself though that he that he wasn't happy with his second half performance. He said that himself no. in the well, post game press. I mean he shouldn't be. No, absolutely not. Doug, what was your ugly? 
Uh, my ugly was more in the stands of anything. And I'm not <laughs> saying now, uh, I'm not saying this about that. The black, the black and yellow horde of orcs that came up the road. No, no, I'm not saying it is about them, but there were, but I think there was a hell of a lot of pent up frustration. And I mean a lot because to my knowledge, there was at least three fights in the stands. Now we went, now we've gone an awful long time without getting into fisticuffs in the stands with other, with tie cat fans. So this was, because I know there was one a couple sections away from us. There was another one in like, uh, in like one of the posh boxes in between the two decks. And apparently there was a third one in the, and actually make that four fights. I'm sorry. Cause apparently there were also two in the concourses as well. Really? Yeah. I, I did not hear the one about, the, I did not hear about the one in the concourse. No, yeah. neither did I. Yeah. Apparently, apparently there was two more in the concourses. Like I don't, I don't think they weren't in the South concourse because those were relatively tame. I think this was more probably could have been definitely one of the other stands, possibly even North Kong, probably even the North side. I have no idea. Huh. Wow. Interesting. That's yeah. I did not see so, that. Guy. Yeah. I, 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 I just kind of saw the aftermath of the two ones in the stands where, you know, all of a sudden you looked over at the, the, the one section of one nineteen, and all of a sudden there were, the box right above, there were police there. Yeah. I'm like, what the heck is going on there? How do you yes. get a fight in a how do you get a fight in a luxury box? Uh, I think I think there's a way to I think there might have been a way to get around to those boxes because I know there's like a there's like a little um uh like a little patio section there of some type. So there probably right. a bit of, so there's probably a little bit of beacon off going on between those two, and then next thing you know, one guy dives over the rail, and here come the here comes security. Yeah. And, and and then the other one, you know, the other side of the the uh, same the south end zone there. I just saw the aftermath where uh, you know one of one of the leaders of the oars was pointing fingers and I couldn't figure out who he was pointing at, but I do, but Rory was hot, man. Yeah. I mean, tempers do flare in the stands when this shit goes on. And I know that 116 is usually a, usually a fairly safe place because, well, we all know like Jamie tends to chase people out of the that are wearing black and yellow <laughs> out of the section that has, that has happened before in previous years. Um, but, uh, but I mean, I know our section is usually relatively safe. But I mean, it's like I understand there's a lot of pent up. I mean, both sides. I know I know this something like this will happen because I mean, to me, whenever the Argos and the Tie Cats get together, um, if there isn't at least one fight in the stands somewhere, it's usually a dull. It's usually a dull affair, right? Yeah. But this, but this was like massive overload. I mean, let's. I mean, nobody should. You should be going to a football game and coming home in the same condition, right? You're going there. You want to go there. You want to have a good time, right? But of course, when you start having when you start having way too many wobbly pops, and next thing you know, 
Next thing you know, things start happening, and you and like I said, people does people should ha- should be like people like you should be coming home from from a football game the same way you got in there. So I don't know who started it. I don't care to know who started it, but now that we've got it out of our now that we've hopefully got it all out of our system. Let's just simmer down, folks. Yeah. All right, the bad. Our buckle in the second half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not so much. Yeah, there's not really much to, I, I feel to bridge to the ugly. No. Oh, sorry. It, it, you know it, what it, I mean? It, like. Yeah. Yeah. It 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 kind of it it got ugly real fast. Um. Yeah, I wouldn't say there was a lot of in-between in there. You know, it just, but I mean, if I, if I'm going to have to pick one thing and I, and I, and I might get elaborate on this a little bit later was that one PI call that wasn't called that we had the challenge for. That on the was, opening drive, or on the first touchdown drive. That yeah, that was fucking obvious. That was ridiculous. In front of the official. And I mean, everybody in the south end zone knew that was pi. Yeah. Everybody in the south end zone, we all knew this was a pass interference call, and yet it's yet the referee just stood there with with his finger up his nose saying, duh, no, it's not. And then we had to challenge that, waste one of our challenges on that. And, you know, it, it didn't take them very long to review it. So obviously it was a relatively easy call, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to get to that a little bit later. Let's get into, let's get into the good of this game, guys. There was a fair bit of good, in my opinion. Our defense is very good. Oh. Yes, they yeah. are. And to th- and to think we la- we still don't have the the guys that we that we paid to be our our best guys on our defensive line yet. So if this is what your your understudies are doing. Depth is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, that's good. That's going to come in huge down the line. You know, when, you know, when Charleston Hughes is back, is back healthy and, you know, you've got a rotation so you can keep him fresh and, you know, Drake Nevis is back. Cordero Law is back. He's probably not going to be back for a while, I don't believe, but I think Nevis is pretty close to be, to uh, coming back. I wonder how but, close Shane Ray is, because you can't yeah, forget him either. No, and, you know, we've got guys that have stepped up and uh, and filled the void admirably. You know, you, you have a rotation in the middle, Cordero Law, Drake Nevis, Sean Oakman. Uh, I, you know, Coney Ely, uh, Eli Harold. They've been playing 
fantastic. Nobody Eli wants had, to run on them. No. Eli had a great game. Eli had a great game. Oakman had a great game. He's you proven he's, 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 he's proven that he's not just walking abs. Sean Oakman is proving that he's not just a walking set of abs. No, and no, I, and he's, and I he's think it took him. It took him a couple games to kind of get his feet underneath him and and get the flow of the game because it's a little bit different. But he's proven he can be a force. Don't forget our linebackers. They're oh, the yeah. best linebacking core in the league. Cam Judge came to play on Friday night. Enoch Wamba. I could watch that hit over and over and over and over and over again. They didn't even need to play. When they showed the highlights of that, that quarter, they could have just showed that hit 15 times. That's all they needed to do. Yeah. And it was clean. Oh, it was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, I think I have an honorable mention toward this, though. All right. Doink! (laughs) Well, I mean, for anybody who who was there and saw saw the... uh, I can't remember his name, but Hamilton's kicker. Damagala? Damagala, yeah. Uh, Mikey Damagala. Um, Kicking at halftime, he went wide right and hit the post on the right-hand side. So, as my 15-year-old son put it, practice makes perfect. And, and And not only that, it wasn't even like a glancing hit off the post it was right on it yeah. it was perfect it was perfect just dunk right off the post yep and it's it it, it made cody Fajardo jealous oh hmm. well, well yeah totally but i but i think that but i think the best part about all that was hamilton got the touchdown we were all pissed off right but the hamilton fans were all like ah we we're all like yeah giving it to us whatever then they hit the post, and we started giving it back to them. <laughs> I know, I know, I was pointing toward them, calling them all a bunch of tossers. I know that for a fact. I I was busy la- laughing at them. Well, I was laughing too, and I was like, yeah. "Ha ha, you fucking tossers! Ha ha ha, get it up, yeah." So, my my good is uh, I, I'm convinced that John White listens to our show. <laughs> really? Last, la, well, last week I said that you know a, I basically implied that he looked old and he'd lost a step, and DJ Foster, you know, should have been the should be the guy in there. Man, was I goddamn wrong? Because he showed up. He shut you up, didn't he? Oh, hell yes. And I am more than glad to to eat crow on that one because he looked like the John, John White of old. 
I was actually surprised we were able to run as successfully as we did against Hamilton. Actually, credit to the offensive line for keeping, I think, our quarterbacks were not sacked once. And, um, you know, John White got 84 yards. Yep. And I was a bit surprised they went away from him in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter when Arbuckle's struggling a little bit. Yeah, and, and I don't – that's you – know, like, I, John White didn't look like he was – you know, he had – you're going to have you know, the, those those plays here and there where, you know, it, you're, your running back is going to basically run into a pile and get a couple yards here and there, but – you know, they didn't look like they were they were stopping him at all. So that was surprising that they went away from that. So what was what were your good goods for their for this game? I think I'm going to give a game ball to the offensive line. Again, zero sacks allowed opened up holes in the running game and uh you know a bunch of you know like peter nicastro didn't look out of place in his first start at center uh shane richards looked okay and uh you know what the the the, the american left tackle Dijon allen's been solid i mean i won't call them an elite group you know at, at the same level as, as winnipeg but you know they're they're coming along definitely well, we are moving on to Saskatchewan this week. Uh, Friday night, starting at 9.45 Eastern, the Argos will be in Saskatchewan to take on the... the, the reeling Riders. Yeah, they're, they're reeling. They look really banged up. In, so, you know, it's it's uh, it looks like they're they're going to have some of their guys back that they were missing. Um, Luches Purifoy is is back in. Uh, Ed Ganey started practicing today. Uh, Cody Fajardo was practicing. Uh, Mike Adam is probably out. Um, looked like he did break his wrist, so. And uh, Garrett Marino, even though he was ejected in that game, he hasn't practiced uh, the last two days because of a knee. So, and Jordan Williams Lambert is still out on a non-football related matter. So they'll play Keenan Schaefer. Ba- Keenan <laughs> Schaefer one, Baker. They 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 replace one hyphenated name with another one. Yes. Fucking three namers. <laughs> Yeah, Ke- what's that? What's his name? Ke- what is his name? Keenan Shakenbaker? What? Not Schaefer Baker, but Shakenbaker's pretty good. Shakenbaker's better. <laughs> yep. It, it, it it's extremely good when you you know they're not playing the Argos. And this is this is going to be the first time that we've been doing the show that I that I'm sitting here and I'm I'm struggling with this decision on on who I'm cheering for. Ooh, <laughs> I, I, my, my my allegiances are 
turning. About you know, I still I still got the the owner's card in my in my wallet, but uh, yeah, I don't. I I'm still on the fence. I I haven't even made my decision yet on who I'm on who I'm picking. So that will come up later. But for the Argos to win this game, I I think we we need to basically go right back at the uh, at what you know, helped us lead in the, in the first half and get this running game going and keep it going. Well, we're going up against the number two run defense in the league behind the Argos. So that may be a tough sell. Um, Yeah. But at the same time, but maybe their secondary, if their secondary is a bit banged up, might be vulnerable. Yep. And I'm just going over to their their roster to see because I know I know Micah Johnson didn't play, but he might be back. Yeah, it looks like he'll be back. I think he's going to be back up in, back in the lineup. And they won't have AC Leonard. He's out with a he's on his second game suspension because he couldn't pee. I'm sorry, I can't pee. Oh, you know, it's not like it's not like shitting where there's constipation. Chug a two-liter bottle of water. Yeah, you'll mm. you'll pee. Yeah. Um, whatever. Um, yeah. But I, I think you know, getting a running game going and establishing that is key because that that's. That's really a lot of what's uh, buying buying our buckle time is they're they're having to respect the running game. And we don't know if Fajardo's going to play either. No, no, he has been practicing. So it, it from what I've been reading, it it sounds like he is likely to play. Um, but you know, Craig. Craig Dickinson has, has come out and said that, well, he's confident in in either either of them. But it, yeah, it does look like Fajardo's going to be their guy. Um, not official, but I I think he will play. Doug, what do you think the Argos need to do to win this game? Mm. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> I mean, what they've been doing—it's been working. So keep running the ball the way you're way you're going. Keep keep the keep the defense keep the defense exactly the, like keep it pretty much the way you see it. Just keep and just trying to just try and improve your punt. Just trying to improve your blocking on special teams a little bit. That's pretty much the only thing I have. But everything else is just. If you keep doing what way, keep going the way you're going, there is no excuse why the Argos can't pull off a win. Well, that the plot, the it's probably why Patrick Lavoie is now here to help with that. Mm-hmm. And Will, what what do you think the Argos need to do to win this game? Well, I mean, obviously the key, I mean, consistency on on offense. 
is certainly something the Argos need to figure out. I mean, they've we've surrendered more points than we've uh, sorry we've surrendered more points than we've scored. I know that doesn't tell the whole story, but you know, uh, on the road, I think we've struggled a little bit offensively, so they need to get going and try to take advantage of that banged up Saskatchewan secondary a little bit. And I think that I think that's uh, you know one of the things that the Argos did. They 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 changed up their uh, their pattern and they they I, I believe they flew out today after practice. They did, uh, yes. So you know normally they're flying out the day before a game. Today they're flying out. It's Wednesday that we're recording this. So they're flying out uh, you know two days, so they'll have a full day of practice in Saskatchewan. Uh, so it you know might be a little bit better you know change of pace for that and because they're not going to get these these uh, road trips they're going to have to keep coming back you know adding that extra day might help them help them a little bit in this situation. Well, this is our this is the last road trip out uh, out west. Oh yeah yeah because yeah because after this everything else is restricted to. The uh, the four hundred one quarter is isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we have games in Hamilton, Montreal, and Ottawa. But other than that, yeah, we we don't play at Commonwealth this year. And and the Argos play the Lions at all this year? I believe they play them once. Yeah, they yeah that, they play yeah but they play them here. I think. Yeah. Okay. So there's no one team one team we don't play right. No, um, no, we, I no, we'll play, some, we still some... play. I think we. Hang on, I'm gonna. I'm gonna double check that. Give me a second. So as far as I know, yeah, because yeah, so at Saskatchewan, then they come home from Montreal, then the two games. October 30th, uh, we play BC. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's Man, here in Toronto. I'm not looking forward to these November 12th, 7:30 p.m. <laughs> and November 16th, 7:30 p.m. games. Now, well, hopefully this uh, mild start to winter that we're supposed to have holds up. Yeah, because it's going to follow up with, like, a shit ton of snow. Yeah. Well, maybe if you live on the escarpment. You can shut your hole. <laughs> Us non-escarpment people. Well, I'm just gonna grumble at you. Um. Well, since I touched on it, I might as well might as well do this now. A legal procedure. Defense, they made the offense move. Five-yard penalty, first down repeated. In a perfect world, the officials are there to mark the first down and confirm a touchdown. But as we know, we're not in a perfect world. We are far from it. And it's not just 
the officials. It's the whole policing of the of this game this year. You know, right from the league office, right down to what we see on the field. And this past week was just plain mind-boggling to me. You know, I, I'm one of those guys that will say, you have to play to a certain point where whatever calls are made won't affect the outcome. But at the same time, some of these calls are absolutely just freaking ridiculous. You know, I'll, I'll start with the, the fines, okay? They find Greg Ellingson for giving his gloves to a fan after the game. But in the same week, they don't find Willie Jefferson for doing the exact same thing. And it was caught on camera. The Greg Ellingson one was not caught on camera. And then we move to the game, the games. You know, we, I mentioned it in, in when we were doing a recap of this game, that goddamn pass interference call where the guy was almost run over in the in the front corner of the end zone and nothing was called and then we had to challenge it to make it get it called and then you look a little bit further and you go to the Saskatchewan game and you've got a massive brawl and you eject Two riders who, by the letter of the law, they deserve to be ejected. I thought there should have been um, – I thought uh, Mike Adams should also have been ejected because I thought he threw a punch as well. But then you had Lawler and Harris. Lawler – pushed a guy down by the back of his neck using using the back of the helmet. I thought we were supposed to be better that it, we were supposed to be more about player safety. That is not player safety. And then you had Harris ripping the helmet off of the player in that brawl. And it's just and like I understand that the precedent's been set uh a couple years ago where Vern, Vernon Adams ripped off Adam Big Hill's helmet and he was only given the the 15-yard penalty. But in this day and age, that should be a fucking ejection right then and there. And I'm just getting sick, sick of it. Like, yeah, they had a year off, but they shouldn't be this bad. They really shouldn't. All right, I've said my piece. Moving on. MLSC implemented a vaccine policy in that anybody who's not under a collective bargaining agreement must be vaccinated. Oh, yeah, this. And then all of a sudden, we hear rumblings of Chris Jones coming to the Argos. Yeah. 
and then we, you know, it took it took some deeper digging by by Dave Naylor to uncover that, you know, the reason that Josh Bell and Glenn Young, yeah, and uh, and Glenn Young were no longer on the they're, rock, they're, uh, coaching list. Yeah, they've been put on leave based at, at and. Based on this uh, on on this policy that MLSC now has, now Michael Clemens did state that uh, yes, they have they have had discussions with uh, several p- potential defensive consultants, Chris including Jones. Chris Jones, uh, but they have not made a final decision. That's why you haven't seen anything concrete saying that. You know, however, and they, they did say that Glenn Young will retain his defensive coordinator title while he's on leave. Um, I guess they're hoping that he, he does decide to uh, to get get vaccinated while on leave. Um, but Chris Jones was was also quoted in a Chattanooga newspaper, and this Chattanooga. is directly uh, saying a position came open in professional football, and I was offered the job over the weekend. I haven't slept hardly since the offer came. It's a position that I felt like I couldn't turn down because that's what's best for my family. Chattanooga. So, you know, the article say a, a decision has been made final. Maybe that means that, you know, they're waiting on, uh, on Chris Jones to pass whatever protocols required to get Please him Please don't here. make Please don't have her stupid call game. Let Henoch do it. Let let somebody do it. Not name Rich Stubler, please. Uh, unfortunately, they have said that Rich Stubler is going to call this game. Uh, great. Well, hopefully he can channel some inner 2004 for one day. Well, Chris Jones has officially resigned as his uh, position of a uh, South Pittsburgh High School um, football coach in in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga. That that, that threw me off there when you know it's South Pittsburgh, but you know it's in Tennessee. Well, there's Pittsburghs everywhere. <laughs> Apparently. Um, but yeah, that that'll be interesting. Like. You know, if you're bringing on somebody like Chris Jones as a as what they're going to be calling a defensive consultant, that's uh, that's a hell of a resume to be bringing onto this coaching staff. Yeah, and you know, I, I you know, kudos to Glenn Young, uh, what he's done with this team, um, <laughs> but. But but I think you're not vaccinated, buddy. <laughs> but you know, Chris Jones is he 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 travels in that same lane. You know, he's very creative on defense, and I think the Argos have been relatively creative in what they've been doing. Um, and they've got the players that uh, that are smart enough out there to to be able to understand a. Well, it's probably not going to be a Chris Jones system. It'll be, you know, tweaks here and there. 
But if we're bringing on Chris Jones, that's the defense could only get better. My only question is, when do they get rid of Rich Stubler? Well, because if if that, they're bringing on Chris just, Jones, you you you're only, you only have so much space on your coaching roster, right? Because that's that's how that's they have that that cap now. Well, how do they treat with young? I guess do they still have to pay them, or I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. I don't. Yeah, because like, yeah, because that's part of like the quote unquote coaching cap, right? I don't know how the frig that works. You know, and that and that might be one of the reasons why they put them on leave. Maybe that that all of a sudden doesn't doesn't uh, count for them. You know, is that is that kind of like the is, that, is, is yeah is that kind of like the IR for coaches on in, administ, administrative leave? Yeah, I'll take so, it. <laughs> I'll take it. Moral of the story here, though, is, folks, get your goddamn shot. Yep. Yep. And then to and then, you know, speaking of more COVID protocol issues. Harry Johnson's the Rona. Yes. And based on the way things go. He likely will not be. The head coach when uh, when Montreal comes next week, comes to Toronto next week, likely, likely. And he said, I mean, he tweeted out. He said he's feeling all right and he's appreciative of all the fans looking out for him. Yeah. And we and we wish him all the best to his, to a speedy recovery. Just uh, uh, not not take just a, take your time. If, if yeah, take, care, take your take time with it. Like you could like come back. Say I don't know, twenty fifth, twenty sixth. That'd be perfect. Um, other than that, just stay away, take your time, put your feet up and get better. Do some reading. I don't know. Get better. Do some reading. You could, you could pick up Paul's book. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I did. I did. Paul's book. I did as well. And so far, so good. I'm, I'm slowly working my way through it, but. Yeah, we can't review it. We can't really discuss it until everybody's read it, mind you. But no, and, and we so that, will. So that means you, that means you guys are going to be waiting on me, aren't you? Um, yeah. I got to read, read this book quick so that I can so that I can give it to you, mm. and then you can you can read it. Is it an easy read or is it? Uh... Yeah. Seems seems pretty pretty quick so far. Okay. So, but it's it's it, Paul Woods. I've I've always liked his his stuff. So it's a, it's a good read. Now I think we need to move on to the greatest fantasy advice <laughs> in CFL history. <laughs> How many points did we all earn last last week? Fifty, I think. Hey, I got ninety six. Yeah, oh, Clay beat us. Big Clay, whoop. Clay beat us this week. I only got sixty one. I I 
bet heavily. I I had Michael Riley. Damn you and then Michael Riley pick. And Lucky Whitehead. Yeah. And because I needed uh, needed to put some uh, cheap money in there, I had DJ Foster in, and he got me 15 points off his re- receptions and touchdowns. So I took DJ Foster. I just took nobody else. <laughs> I I stay I stayed away from from the Toronto game because I just wanted I just didn't want to put myself through that. Because because I, I know I would have mm. up on and I would have been clobbered. So, mm. well, are we keeping I, you awake here, Will? Mm. See, he he kind of goes to sleep when uh, when we get to fantasy. Um, mm. Well, I am gonna I'm riding Michael Riley again this week. Um, uh. Because I think it's gonna be a, a goddamn shootout in uh, in Montreal. Um, from the Argos, I got John White and Ricky Collins in my lineup. Um, my be- shitty, my shitty team consists of. Um, let's see if the thing would load. My shitty team consists of Zach Caleros, Kadeem Carey, William Stanback, Darvin Adams, DeFerris Daniels. Curly Gittins Jr. and no defense. <laughs> Who needs a defense? They haven't been doing that good anyway. Yeah, I will. I, 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 Michael Riley, Standback, John White, Ricky Collins Jr. And then I needed to go cheap for some rece- some extra receivers, so I picked Keenan Schaefer Baker and Shaken uh, Baker. Yeah, and Drew Wolitarski in Edmonton. Or in Wolitarski, uh, eh? yeah, playing for Winnipeg in Edmonton. So let's let's see how well I did. I, I had a good week. I think at least I think that's a good week. I don't. That that is a great week actually. That's on par. That is actually on par with some of the other podcasters in the CFPN league that they're that they've got running. Really? Yeah, because yeah. they they average anywhere between ninety and a hundred. So okay. So you're right. So so you're right up. You're right up there with that one week alone. But I know me, I'm not like, I'm glad I'm not in it because I would know I would be like bringing up the rear. It would be I'd be the free space on the bingo cards (laughs) like the Ottawa Red Box. Yeah. Yeah. They suck. Yeah, they they, they do. That goes without saying. We we all know it. No, nobody wanted to. Everyone's like, oh, but they got Matt Nichols or whatever. It's like, no, you guys are proving exactly what what we're what everyone's been saying. You guys are a bunch of cupcakes. Yeah. Um. Well, Doug, I'm assuming you haven't picked your team yet. Not entirely, no. Okay. Um. Couple thing. I am going. DJ Foster in the flex this week because James Wilder Jr. got too expensive. Uh, got uh, going John White in the running back position as well. Quarterback is still up in the air for me. I've got Caleros penciled in, but that may change. Same thing with and the wide receivers are still up in the air for the most part. I have Kenny Lawler penciled in on one side, but the other side I have no idea yet. 
All right. Well, let's let's uh, get to our our pickums. Um, we've got two double headers this week, both seven and nine forty-five games. So we'll start. What's with, the, what's with nine forty-five games? Yeah, I gotta ask that question too. Like, why the hell? Why the hell nine forty-five? Yeah, that, that, that doesn't you, make a lot of sense. Like, if you, make it ten o'clock for God's sake, if you're gonna go that route. Right. Like, come on, guys. Like, it's not difficult. It's just that this is I'm, a bloody rocket surgery here. I, I'm I'm honestly wondering if it has something to do with um, uh, noise ordinances in the in the different cities. Because, I mean, we're looking at, you know, it's a 745 start in Saskatchewan, a 745 start in, in Edmonton. But that's so, never been an issue before. Well, they, I mean, yeah. Come to think of it, the, I know the riders have done some eight o'clock starts before. Interesting. Anyway, the first first back to back game we've got Calgary in that place where the we have the uh, the fictional felines, the shadow uh, of Mor the shadow of Mordor. What? <laughs> Which makes us Mordor now that I think about it. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Oops. Oh. All right. Hamilton somehow, somehow, even though we don't know who the hell is going to be their quarterback, is two and a half point favorites. Mainly probably because it's at Tim Hortons Field. Yeah, um, that's that's probably why. It's an intangible. And Calgary's a bit of a mess right now, too. Yeah, but Bo Levi Mitchell did come back off the pseudo-broken leg. And they um, did win. They did win at Commonwealth. Yeah. Um, uh, I hope both teams lose, but... This, this, I, is, this, I, is, I hope, this, is, this is the game where you want the bomb to drop, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, see, I, I'm looking at it th- this way. I'm like, hey, my Saskatchewan side wants Calgary to fall flat on their face. My Toronto side wants Hamilton to fall flat on their face. But I think I want Hamilton to lose more. So I guess that by default, that means I'm picking Calgary. And with that, you have a bunch of uh, family members out in out in green, out in the land of in the fields of green that have just disowned you. Yeah, my own father might disown me, <laughs> and I'm going to his house to watch the games. Um, <laughs> well, if he I'll doesn't listen it. to the podcast, he'll never know. No. Well, there you go. <laughs> Doug will sit. You know where where I am assuming you're picking Calgary. Oh, of course. It's Calgary Calgary by 150. Okay. But but um like I th- I honestly think Calgary's going to pull it together and they're fu- and Fortress Litterbox is going to fall at some point and it, and the meltdown's going to be great. Well, the Calgary Stampeders will win. 
And then we've got second half of the Friday night doubleheader. Argos. Argos and Saskatchewan. Well, this is this one's. A, I mean, if it wasn't obvious before, Willis, you know, got a severe hate on for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and pretty much any team that's not Toronto. Um, but Saskatchewan's high up on his list of hate. Mm. Doug. Mm, Saskatchewan. They've Winnipeg made him look really, really poor. Weak. And I, I, th- I think Toronto's going to do the same, despite the fact that they're in mosaic. And here come and here comes the come most on, conflicted Doug. pick. Come on, come on, come on, Clay. You, you know you want to. The most conflicted pick in all of sports right now. Here we go. You know he, you know he wants to do it. Hmm. Toronto's going to win this game. Yes! yes! He's finally one of us! <laughs> Toronto's going to win this game. I don't think that uh, Cody is going to be healthy enough to lead the, lead this Riders team um, and play the way he needs to play to for them to win. And I think what we've developed on our defensive line is going to put just enough pressure on them to... Uh, to kind of stymie the the offense in Saskatchewan a little bit. And I don't think William Powell is going to be the answer to against our elite Russian defense. Yeah, it, they, for the seven guys in the in the box, I think they are much better than the Saskatchewan running and passing a running game and uh, pass blocking. So. Toronto wins this game plus the points. It's a thir- Toronto is a three and a half point dog. They will win by more than three and a half. <sighs> I may I, I may have to I may be forced to sit outside um, when I go to go to my dad's house to watch the game. Saturday, the doubleheader, we've got BC in Montreal. Montreal is four-point favorites. Um, Both teams are hot and cold and nothing in the middle. I think that this is – if you're betting the over-under, I think it's going to be a shootout, so bet the over. It's 48 points. Um, and I'm putting my money on on BC. Uh, I, 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 yeah, BC. We don't. I, I don't want Montreal to win. Doug, I may regret this. I originally picked Montreal. But, I mean, BC, just like every other team in the league this year, just absolutely destroyed Ottawa. That's and, true. And like, and, like, and, and like you said, it's hot and cold, so it's very much the way I cook a pizza pop in the microwave. Usually scorching hot on the outside, and then it's usually ice cold in the middle. Um, so you got to flip it a couple more times in the box, says. Mm. 
But I think, I mean, if I'm playing with my, if I'm playing with my head, I'm sticking with Montreal. But if I'm playing with my heart, I'm going BC. And the reason why I'm going BC is because I want to see that gap at the top, at the top of the table to grow. Yeah. So I'm going BC. Okay. BC. British Columbia. And- and then we've got the Winnipeg Blue Bombers taking on the Edmonton Elks. Agent Orange, here we come. Um, the Blue Bombers are favored by four points over under is 45. Will? <laughs> Edmonton. Doug? Uh, Edmonton hasn't won at home yet. Winnipeg. I hate the way that Winnipeg is winning. So... There's your green just, showing. <laughs> just for the hell of it, and just because... Andrew Harris pissed me off last week. I'm picking Edmonton because right now I, I have a, a bigger dislike for Andrew Harris um, as opposed to uh, James Wilder Jr. right now. So. Or four, two out of three of us picked Edmonton. Wait, there's only three of us, right? Yes, yes, it is two out of three. Okay. We're, we, this isn't this isn't by committee here, Will. We're not the CFL writers here. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen, you three minutes, and you better make it good. Three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out. Is this thing on? Yeah. Are you hearing? Right, three minute warning time. Obviously, um, okay. You guys saw I posted up pictures of our little surprise that we had for Hamilton last Friday. Some of our sure. finest, some of our finest work. <sighs> it was it, it was a very very nice, nice nicely done banner, and we got to give credit to Argo Fluffy for the design. And I don't know how many hours Jamie must have put in on that, but yeah, yeah, J- Jamie put in a lot of time on that. I give him tons. I, I love that mm-hmm. man to death. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I wonder if he he decided to uh, bring it to his uh, his elementary class that he teaches and have them do it for art class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's he's a little bit more more professional than that, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. The Jamie you see at one sixteen is not the Jamie you see at at school. Oh no! Oh no! No no no! What no? Like that's one thing you have to know about me, and for by extension the rest of the DBO. When we're inside BMO Field, we like if you're not wearing double blue, we could be complete assholes to you. But the second we get outside those gates, we'll be we'll be friendly and we'll and we'll and we'll live it up with you. No, 
we'll yeah. have, we'll, have, we'll share pints and with you. We'll say all, all is forgiven. You know, I mean, it's just banter, right? That's all it is. I would like to once again, criticize my brother for wearing a Montreal. Wait, no, it's a Leafs t-shirt at the game. Well, just, just I know, like I, you, I, I know you, you own at least two Leafs jerseys. And I don't care if you're worried about getting poutine gravy on your Argo jersey. Bring it and wear, put it on after you're done. <laughs> well, All right, well, well, here, well, here's the thing. At least, at least he wasn't wearing a Blue Jays hat. I'm just saying. Um, oh, no, he wouldn't do that. <laughs> no. Oh, so I'm going to get my ass kicked when he hears this one. Okay, dear, player of the game. <laughs> no, he does. Player of the oh, game. Oh, him. Nick. Yeah, yeah. You know who I'm talking about now. Yeah, so player player of the game <sighs> for last week. There was, like always, I always try and put four choices on there. I went with the Argos made a very good case for the three members, and I put one... So I had Sean Oakman, Eli Harold, Hinak Mwamba, and the goalpost. And for the longest time, the goalpost was leading that was leading the poll. Well, However, he was the, he was their second game changer. Yeah. However, Sean Oakman, the the, the beast that he is, nipped the goalpost at the wire. So he is the so he was the player of the game for the game last Friday. As he should be. As You're going to have be. to get a really big-ass shirt for him, man. <laughs> uh, that's going to be like a if, – if he wins it, it'll be like – I don't know. I'll just have to find a way and it's like uh, – I'll just have to go call, call up Danny Webb and ask him, yeah, what's his T-shirt size? <laughs> yep. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, yeah, and the, the socials, socials team. Yeah, shout-out to – Shout out to the Argo Social Steam again. You got you guys kicked ass. Uh, I loved that little pick of the Hamilton sign where all the other lights burnt out, leaving just the L. I figured that was that was very on brand for the city of Hamilton. Good job, Kruger. Yep. Um, I mean they have. I mean, they have really like. Like they have gone next level with the socials, next level, and other team and certain teams have been left in the dust. (laughs) A lot of teams have been left in the dust. They're taking it to the top. But and other and other teams have tried to take shots. But I'm just gonna say this: don't throw rocks at a man who's armed with a machine gun. Yeah, yeah, don't. Throw rocks at a man with a machine gun. How appropriate, too, because the Thai Cats have a player named Frankie Williams. Okay. <laughs> well, I, no, that, that's oh, no. Oh, oh, now I get it. I get it now. Never that's mind. the I jobber Roddy Piper was interviewed when he when he came up with that. Right, 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 right. Yeah, not not uh, my bad. No, I that's I that slipped my mind completely. Um, okay, half of me, I mean, I know it's, we're recording this on, a on, uh, yeah, on Yom, on Yom Kippur, so as, for respect, skipping the pork rankings this week, 
as uh, well as the kosher rankings. Yeah, uh, because because Will couldn't be arsed to do them. Uh, <laughs> uh, basically, but that would be an excuse, right? All right. Tweets from Kazakhstan. Oh, this these have been gold. Very nice. Absolute absolute gold. The action mash. Very nice. I just hope they don't hear that because I don't want to be firing off four at. <laughs> no, I, I I've been trying to find something that's not Borat that we could use as a stinger for for tweets from Kazakhstan. Haven't found anything quite yet. If anybody's got any ideas, hit me up. But uh, hit us up at Argo Fans on uh, or sorry, at, well at Argo Fans at Doug B five one nine. I had all kinds of clay or at the at Argo's Fancast um, on Twitter and let us know. Point us in the right direction. Um, Doc, what, what what are you highlighting this week? Did you just call him Doc? Hey. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Dog, dog, dog. Why not? Uh, let's see. There is just there is a there is a couple there is a couple, but um, one that there's actually one that he just made about an, about two hours ago. Now this was a response to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, tweeting out their their new uh, policy regarding vaccinated fans and the paperwork they ought to bring in. And it states, I hope your defense is as weak as your permission to enter the stadium. My wife's demands are high. Yeah. <laughs> okay. My my favorite uh, from this week is actually a little bit of a chain. Um, he tweeted out on September 12th that, uh, go to the exact tweet, um, was I the first to realize that there are two cat-based teams in the CFL? Are cats part of Canadian culture? I am confused. Hamilton, Hamilton's team should be called Beavers. Now, uh, I Peter, could take that in so different. <laughs> now, P, Peter Cooper um, quoted the tweet and, and said, nobody mentioned the whole Rough Riders, Rough Riders thing or his head might explode. And then he replied with a, a, a link to a YouTube thing about the Rough Riders versus Rough Riders and the history of it. The Rough Riders are playing the Rough Riders. The winner of this game will go on to play the Rough Riders. And his response, just as Anton went home with the wrong girl, I was confused. That's what Google Machine says. Unlike Anton... I hope I don't need penicillin after four weeks. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> that's a good one. And and there was another one that, that I mean, it wasn't necessarily his uh, his responses to, to this guy, but there's a there's a guy, MVO90, 90, uh, that said Toronto needs an NFL team. And he responded, just a wrong opinion. You must like Argos. I am thousands of miles away. Air tickets are too expensive, and I want to go 
get a $5 beer and a $3 hot dog, no dog in it, and have fun. And then Mr. 90 question, questioned him on it. And I'm just trying to find his response here. Um, and then he responded, uh, click on translate Twitter button because no one expects you to learn Kazakh. But look at yeah. our house. Get yak milk and be happy. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and his his and his response to that was uh, was bro, leave me alone, please. Crying face emoji. I take it back. Toronto doesn't need an NFL team. And then he and then he responded, "Okay, let's do let's do something called a male hug. Join the Argo, join the game Argos. You can meet a good woman who gives birth well." Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is golden. <laughs> I, I, this is great. We we have to learn Kazakh to get this guy on the show, man. <laughs> the time the time difference for the interview is going to be god awful. And not not only that, like I hate to say it, I think I'm the closest to a slab to a slab you can probably get. So it's probably going to be me having to learn it. <laughs> well, I have family from area, not there, Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah, but I Ukraine have... is weak though. <laughs> Ukraine is weak. Poland's strong. My great grandmother's from Poland. Well, that works then. Yeah. I apparently have family who claims they're from Ukraine, but they're actually from Austria. <laughs> that's, Maybe that's, want, a, that's a couple. That's a couple hundred miles off course. Yeah. Well, you know, we did settle in Saskatchewan, so. Mm, well. well, the land was cheap then back then, wasn't it? Yeah, probably. All right, do we have anything else, or are we done for the day? Uh, I'm trying to think. Trying to, uh, apparently, apparently, uh, the Markcast put out a bet against the uh, against the Alouette uh, flight deck boys. I have oh, yet. Good. Well, read from the Markcast, who's who basically ditched the Elks to become a Lions fan. Yeah. Has uh has made some sort of challenge. I haven't heard it yet because it just happened like while we were well, I just saw it now. <laughs> I haven't okay. heard it yet, so. All right. Well, we'll have to go and listen to the Markcast to find out what this challenge was. Yeah. Shut on. All right. Well, I guess that does it for the Argos Fancast tonight. Will, where can they find you? On Twitter, at ArgoFans, or at www. I think I said enough Ws, right? Yep. ArgoFans.com. Uh, um, you sure? Sure about that. Sure it's not about <sighs> You can actually visit ArgoFans. I do own the .ca domain too, so. You know. Well, where can they, Doug? Where can they find you? 
You can find me on Twitter at DougB519, and you can find our group on Twitter at Double Blue Order, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Double Blue Order, and on Instagram at The Double Blue Order. And we our merch store is at DoubleBlueOrder.ca. And you can find me at All Kinds of Clay on the Twitter and Instagram machines. You can find the Argos Fancast at Argos Fancast. Or anywhere you find your friends and nearby podcast, just search Argos Fancast. That does it for the Argos Fancast this week. Tune in next week where we find out if uh, Clay has been me have has been disowned by his uh, rider-loving family, or if they just accept the fact that I'm leading more Argos. That does it for the Argos Fancast this week. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>